Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome, everyone, to episode 451 of the NBA podcast. I'm Brian Teporek. We are now three days into free agency, and free agency is almost over. A lot of the big names are off the board, so we're going to break down all of the biggest signings for uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, including DeMar DeRozan going to the Bulls, Kemba Walker, who wasn't even a free agent, going to the New York Knicks, Spencer Dinwiddie going to the Washington Wizards, some contenders building out their benches, and John Collins going back to the Hawks. Before we get into all of that, a reminder that you can follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can also find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Joining me today is someone who I know is excited to actually talk more Bulls. Morton Jensen, how's it going? It's it's going well, and I am, because I, I think there are so many layers to their weird offseason, uh, which I think has been good, despite some overpays. So... Uh, yeah, definitely look forward to to going deep on that one. I, I promise you, once they became relevant, we would talk about them again. They just weren't relevant for the last four years, but now they are. Now they they are one of the most active teams in free agency. We already discussed Lonzo Ball and Alex Caruso in the last episode. On Tuesday, they ended up pulling off the sign-in trade with the Spurs to get DeMar DeRozan. They're signing him to a right. three-year, $85 million deal. Sending back Thaddeus Young, Alfaruk Aminu, who's just there for salary filler, uh, a protected first rounder. I believe the protections are top eight, top ten, and then top eight, top eight, and it, it can convey no earlier than twenty twenty five because they owe a pick to Orlando from the Vooch trade, um, yeah. and then two second rounders as well. So, what I feel like the initial consensus about the DeRozan deal from. You know, a lot of like the smart analytics folks that we like, you know, the uh, Kevin Pelton and John Hollinger, Seth Partnow, all those folks weren't wild about this. Right. It just in terms of valuation alone. But then I was reading, yeah. you know, that it was uh, Seth, Danny LaRoe and Sam Vecini, all of the athletic had like a back and forth. And Sam Vecini was arguing, yeah, you know, from an value perspective they overpaid but from like just a pure basketball fit perspective DeMar DeRozan is going to be really good on the Bulls so what is your take on the DeMar DeRozan deal in particular I think two things can be true at the same time you can overpay for a guy and he can still be a positive influence for your team now I'm not going to sit here and pretend that the Bulls didn't overpay for DeRozan both in contract and 
Well, maybe what they gave up. I, I do think people are a little bit over the top when it came to the trade package. I think people are like jumping the whole, oh, they overtrade in both the trade and contract. Like the trade package, I think was ultimately okay. Like you want to get off of guys while they're at their highest peak trade value wise. That young was that. He's a prime example of that. He just had the best year of, of his career at age, what, 33? I think that's totally reasonable to, to ship him out. And the, the pick is very much protected. I don't think the narrative that the Bulls have sacrificed three first-round picks uh, is... Well, of course they have. I'm not disputing that. But I think the ideology behind it is they're all unprotected, mm-hmm. which they're not. I mean, look look at the Booch deal, the two picks that they gave up there. At very, very worst, the Bulls are giving up a you know the the fourth pick next time they have to convey a, a selection those picks were protected very very heavily at no point will the bulls if they're bad end up giving like up the, the number one overall pick right. at no point right. so i think p- pick protection has is something that arturis kornishovas and mark eversley has done a really good job of um I, my my gripe with the rosen is the contract and really i don't care as much i understand it's an overpay i think it was a needless overpay that said he's there he's a good player he's going to add a ton of playmaking he's going to add a ton of ton of rim pressure he's going to be one of the better creators in the half court where lonzo can take on the creation in the in like transition so i like their balance of going quick and also reeling it back in in half-court settings. But yeah, of course, it was a financial overpay. $85 million over three years, that's a ton of money. But if this is the price the Bulls have to pay to get back into relevance, to send this message to players around the NBA that we are serious about winning, we are serious about being the Chicago freaking Bulls, one of the most recognizable sports brands around the world, this is what you probably have to do initially. And I'm, I think, I, I, I mean, if this was the Knicks that did this thing, I, I know a lot of people would go, oh, LOL, Knicks. But that would be the right play. It would be. I mean, it, it's it's a drastic overpay. I think they're, like, look, the Knicks, actually, the Knicks, I think, overpaid for Derrick Rose. But I think you need to take those steps to maintain a certain level of quality. So I just don't mind. Rather that, what they did this year, then handing out minutes to Denzel Valentine, Chris yeah. Dunn when he was there. And I think that has really gotten lost on people who are overthinking this. Like, look at what the Bulls used to be. And now look at what they have. And you're going to tell me that they're going to stick mostly around the same? That they're oh, maybe a play-in candidate? Come on. That's ridiculous. I mean, they were practically a play, play-in candidate this year. And their roster has been upgraded to the nth degree. Yeah. I, yeah, so I, I understand the skepticism around DeRozan's contract in particular, but I think as a whole, the Bulls got significantly better. And I don't think they're done either. Oh, interesting. The Laurie Markinen contract yeah. is still out there. Yeah. They can still make a sign and trade. It depends on what a team is willing to give up in a trade. It likely has to be a team over the cap with an established player of some sort. But like hell, if the Minnesota Timberwolves are indeed interested in Laurie Marketing, which rumors have gone around saying that, 
if you could make some sort of trade where you get Jared Culver in for marketing and take a swing on a guy who could end up being a decent wing overall, why not? I'm not saying that's a slam dunk. I'm not saying they're getting an all-star back, but like you're getting a swing at a young guy who was, what, a top six draft pick? Do we know? I guess not, because none of these contracts are official yet, but like how much space they have between here and the apron? I guess it wouldn't... No, because they signed and traded for Lonzo, so they are hard-capped, right? They are hard-capped, but they actually have a lot of room because DeRozan is really the one... Uh, expensive deal. Vooch is only on 24 million. Sack and Lonzo are both under 20. And then you have the big drop off with virtually mm-hmm. no one above five. Well, uh, Patrick Williams at around seven, by the way. But yeah. And Caruso I mean, is at like eight, nine ish. Caruso, thank you. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, I forgot about him. But still, it, it they still have some space. Okay. Um, okay. And, and like they will get near the hard cap for sure. Uh, after doing a, a marketing deal. Hell, by the way, Markin might might pick up the qualifying offer and play there for a year. That could yeah. also be a thing. Yeah. In which case, that's a significant level of talent to roll back. Yeah. I, like, I, I'm, I, yeah. Well, I, I just think you're, the way you phrased it was good. Like, it's an overpay, yes, in terms of just pure valuation. And, like, does this hamper their long-term championship equity giving up this kind of draft compensation and giving DeMar that kind of a contract because I don't know that he's going to have positive trade value especially as we get toward the back end of that deal I would argue yes but as you said the Bulls just haven't been relevant for the last few years so like what was the alternative especially with Zach Levine heading into the final year of his contract being an unrestricted free agent next year if you don't take these steps forward, there's no guarantee that Zach is going to resign. There's still no guarantee that he will, but I would argue putting all of this talent around him and showing that you're committed to you know, paying a lot of money for a talented roster and that you're willing to go all in on this type of thing, that sends a positive message to him. And I think, you know, I, I would imagine this increased their chances of resigning Zach Levine right. next summer, which should have been the number one priority going into the offseason. I know there were questions, are they going to, you know, use cap space to renegotiate and extend him or not? Right. They didn't. They ended up just getting, you know, three guys now that significantly increase this roster's chances of at least, like, are they title contenders? No. No. But they'll challenge for a top six seed, I think. I mean, there's... You know, we'll we'll get into it because a lot of this other this like second tier of the East has also improved a lot. So there, like I put out the list yesterday, there are nine or ten teams, actually probably eleven teams now, with after the Dinwiddie thing, that will at least go into this season expecting to either make the playoffs or make the play-in tournament, and one of them is going to miss everything. So I I can't predict which team that's going to be i think injuries will end up determining that but Mm -hmm. the bulls are certainly in the mix for a top six seed you know like they're not on the brooklyn milwaukee tier i wouldn't even put them in like philly atlanta miami but they're right there in the boston knicks pacers now wizard like they're all muddled together and i'd probably put them toward the top of that list so i might put them next to philly really so here's the thing. We agree that 
Oh, what's the phrasing? The sum is bigger than the all. How's the phrasing? Yeah, I'm not yeah, the sum is greater speaker. than the, yeah, yeah. Than the all price. right, there you go. Thank you. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think it fits. I think the roster yes. fits so well together. And I think, I think people are forgetting two things. So I was actually going to ask you a question right before when I raised my thing, oh, finger yes. because I and and I'm gonna ask you this right now because and let me preface this by saying you know since the Bulls made the deals that they did obviously that caught the attention of NBA Twitter that was like the storyline for a full day what the Bulls did with the Rose and all that so in when all that happened I saw a lot of Sac Levine reactions and like opinions on Sac Levine. And I saw a lot of people saying, well, Zach Levine is now where he should be. He should be the fourth option on a good team. Whoa. Can we... <laughs> yeah, like, further what? forth, I saw a lot of that. Can we Can we just... I'm speaking to you now. You're not a... Uh, you're, you don't have, you know, the, the Bulls ties that I do. Right. Can we agree that Zach Levine is being grotesquely underrated if that's, like, the criteria being the third or fifth option on a good team? He's the number one option on this team. He averaged more than 27 points per game on more than 50% shooting, almost 42 from three last year. I agree with you, actually, in terms of offensive fit, where Mm -hmm. now you can, I don't know, like, is DeRozan the second or third option? I don't care. Like, Zach Levine's the number one option. DeRozan and Vooch are two and three in some order. Lonzo will be the fourth offensive option, which is actually a luxury at that point. Like, you know, he was the third for the Pelicans Mm -hmm. last year. So having him down at number four as that playmaker in transition, Zach, I mean, DeMar DeRozan averaged almost seven assists per game. Like he has really tapped into his playmaking as he's gotten older. So between Zach, DeMar and Vooch, who's a good playmaker as well, especially for a big guy, they're going to do a lot in the half court. Patrick Williams will see, you know, is like kind of the mystery box at this point. We'll see. But yeah. now he's slid down to the fifth option. So they don't need that much out of him. He's going to be the backbone of their defense. He's going to, you know, he's going to be the one who has to guard the best wings. So I think offensively, they're going to be an inferno. The question, I think, is defensively. But Billy Donovan does have a history of coaxing out good defensive efforts and at least cobbling together like an average defense. So I think, you know, like, I don't think the Bulls are going to have a bottom five defense in the league. Like, right. once we get into the playoffs, how does their defense fare once they're going against better teams? I think that's a fair question. Like, do I think right. the Bulls make it out of the first round? I, I mean, it's impossible to predict without seeing who's healthy and who right. they face. But, you know, I wouldn't say the Bulls are favored to make it out of the first round just knowing what we know right now. But there's a chance. And that's really all you can ask for for a team that's again just been irrelevant for like since the end of the Derrick Rose era. So your answer to my question, Zach Levine is underrated, is yes, I take it. Complete. I mean, if if people are, whoever is saying that just hasn't watched Zach Levine, and I don't blame you because I, you know, I wouldn't want to watch the Bulls very often either. But <laughs> that's that's fair. But like, he is legitimately good. Like, he, there's yes. he's an all star for a reason. That we're okay, good. Because my follow-up here, and you actually brought him up, was Nikola Vucevic. Yeah. He is getting slept on. Like, everyone is talking about Levine, DeRozan, Ball, is that the fit? Are we forgetting that Nikola Vucevic is an utter elite offensive center? Like, when when I go through the numbers, he compares very well to a guy like Carl Anthony Towns. Obviously, Towns has more... 
uh, of a creation element mm-hmm. in him, especially off the bounce and on the perimeter. I'm not saying he's Towns. Don't worry. I'm not a madman. But I am saying that the disparity between the two isn't as large as it seems that the general public is kind of alluding to it. So we, we have Vucevic, who's... Well, you know, he, he made a couple playoffs appearances in Orlando. He's also made a couple All-Star games. But not a lot of people watched Orlando on a steady basis. Like, like, like let's be honest. The same with Chicago. Right. So I and think the both same with Levine, the Spurs. With DeRozan, right. too. Like, a lot of... I think a lot yeah, of people assume DeRozan is the same player he was in Toronto, and he's not. He's a better player right. now. And that's what I'm bringing up. Like, Vooch is effectively going to be able to pick his spots so carefully now. Like, you can't throw a double team on him in the post because he's a good enough passer to find the cutters or move it to outside and all the spacing there. So he will have just the most spacing he's ever had or the most star power next to him. All right. DeMar DeRozan, I would argue, has never had more spacing around him than he does with the Bulls right now, even dating back to Toronto. Because that Jonas Valanciunas at that point wasn't a shooter. Mm-hmm. At, at that point in time, the Raptors still trouted out power forwards, like traditional power forwards who are more like, you know, garbage men, dirty, you know, dirty bucket getters. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now he's going to be basically the only non-shooter in that lineup. So when he drives, you can't cheat off of somebody else and go double him. Like, that's a corner three for Patrick Williams. Oh, that's a corner three for Zach Levine. Oh, there's Nikola Vucevic. Oh, there's Lonzo Ball, one of the better spot-up shooters in the NBA as well. So I think just the chemistry of these guys offensively, and I totally agree with you on the defense. I mean, I'm not even getting into that. This is an offensive-minded team. You're absolutely right. The defense is going to be horrible. Not, you know, bottom five. But I would be shocked if they're in the upper half of the league. I, I just yeah. don't think they would they would be in that category. So this comes down to, to offense. And if they're healthy, Brian, I think the offensive components to this thing could be mesmerizing. mesmerizing and that's why I think there is a chance that their offense could reach such an echelon where they do compete with the Sixers uh, on like a similar record. Like, would I pick the Bulls in a playoff series against the Sixers? Probably not, because Joel Embiid exists. Um, <laughs> it, it also would hinge on what you're getting back in a right, Ben Simmons right, trade, right, right, to be right. fair. But still, I, I may not do that, but I think I don't think the Bulls is necessarily a team that would be far off of being a team that could be compared to the Sixers if things work. There's also the risk that it doesn't work and everything explodes and everything is horrible for the next five years. Yeah, I mean, that's certainly possible, but, like, between their starting five and then you have Caruso, Kobe White, who is now going to be in a more fitting role for him as just, like, a microwave bench scorer. He doesn't have to be the starting point guard where he was overextended last year. Uh, You have Troy Brown Jr. still, and you added Tony Bradley on a one-year mid deal who will go completely under the radar. But, yeah, I mean, a great, nice, perfect backup big. Exactly what the Bulls needed, especially after trading away Wendell Carter Jr. and the, the Flutie Show era came to a bitter end finally. So like, we'll see how the Bulls fill out the rest of their roster. They're not going to get first pick at the Ring Chasers, but right. I mean, the, the Ring Chasers have, you know, like a lot of these teams have started to fill up their rosters, so they're not as many spots. And like, you're going to have to settle to go to a team like Chicago and Based on the upgrades they've made this offseason, I think it'll be more appealing 
to that type of player as well. Like, again, right. are they going to be title favorites? No. I'm going to look at FanDuel. They are plus 7,000 to win the title, right? So they are uh, 14th in the league? Nope, 17th. <laughs> wow. The disrespect, FanDuel. Um, wow, 17. So they don't even project them to, like, make it to the playoffs? They are behind in the East. They are behind the Nets, the Bucks, the Heat, the Sixers, the Hawks, the Celtics. Bulls are seventh. So it's just a lot of crappy team. They are ahead of ah, the okay. Wizards, Raptors, Knicks, Pacers, Cavs, Pistons, Magic. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. One final note before we move on, by the way, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to say this. I wouldn't be shocked if one of Chicago's new backup big men, uh, Marco Simonovic, actually oh, makes yeah. some noise. Um, I know a lot of people have basically looked at him as some, like, you know, additional roster thing. Like, no, no one's really paid a, a lot of attention to him because he was drafted in the second round last year. He spent a year in Serbia. This dude got good last year in Serbia, Brian. Like, he got really good. Um, I spoke to a lot of people who thought he would be significantly higher in the draft if he were was a part of it this year, which is saying something because this year's class is a lot deeper than last year's class. So there is some, uh, I just wanted to bring his name up because I think he's going to surprise a couple of people. I don't think he's going to be a full-time starter. I don't think he's going to be a star. I'm not saying that, but I think he, he can provide some very valuable minutes off the bench. And I think people are going to raise their eyebrows a little bit going, that Simonovic guy, is he available? Because we like him. So just, uh, I'm banking on another young guy, which is my brand. <laughs> it's a good shout. Good shout. Yep. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So I mentioned... The Bulls are not the only team that have loaded up in the East. And we talked about the Knicks a lot last episode, and I feel like we need to just recant that entire conversation now because we find out, I believe it was yes, Wednesday, that right. Kemba Walker is agreeing to a buyout with the Oklahoma City Thunder. He had two years and $74 million left on his contract. I don't think we've heard how much money he's giving back but according to friend of the podcast, Jake Fisher, a Bleacher Report, he is going to the New York Knicks. He is signing a deal worth roughly $8 million. We haven't seen term. We don't know if it's going to be more than one year, if there's a player option, whatever. I think at most it's going to be a one plus one with a second year player option. I cannot imagine Kemba committed multiple years at that price point. But Kemba going home to the Garden now gets the team, you know, they... The Knicks basically ran it back otherwise, added Fournier and ran it back. And we were like, 
Well, okay, but like a lot of other teams have gotten better, so they yep. can't. Now you add Kemba Walker to the mix, and I don't want to say that they knew this was going to happen the whole time, but it does feel like more than a coincidence that they saved just enough cap space to squeeze him in. So in the context of the addition of Kemba Walker, a lot of their other additions were really just you know re-signing Burks, re-signing Noel. It makes more sense now. So what do you think right. of the Knicks? How do you see Kemba fitting there? And you know where do you see them fitting in with this new tier of you know Bulls, Celtics, Heat, Hawks, Sixers? Like, are they in that mix as well? So first and foremost, I I'm not fully in on the recanting all the way for one reason, and it's a reason that I hope to be wrong on. Let me just get okay. this right off the bat. I yep. hope to be recanting on this. If the knee of Kemba Walker is okay which I hope it is. Don't worry, Knicks fans, I'm not rooting against you. Quite the contrary, I want Kemba's need to kick everyone's ass and, and bring out the old Kemba. But if it's not, again, knock on wood, but if it's not, then this could go pretty badly. And I, I hope that poor Kemba Walker's knee isn't going to be a subject of Tom Thibodeau playing him 37, 38 minutes per game because that wouldn't help matters at all. Yeah. Um, I I am worried about something, though, Brian. When have we ever seen the Oklahoma City Thunder, at least here in, you know, over the past year or so, just go straight up to a buyout? Like, this is the team that... that acquires a, 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 like an, an ineffective player or a, a guy who doesn't really fit the market anymore, sprinkle him with fairy dust and send him on his way and gets a first-round pick in return. Right. Um, Chris they, Paul, Al Horford, they did it for both of them. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Now we have Kemba, who, the, who basically they didn't, even, they didn't even give him regular season minutes. So I'm wondering, Brian, if OKC took a look at that knee and went, yeah, we can't trade that. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Or, I mean, even it, maybe they just probed the market and saw. Okay, yeah, absolutely, no one's interested. We are not right, getting right. the value that we. You know, we don't think even in a year that we can get the value that we got for Chris Paul and Horford. And you know, part of it might have been, <laughs> like there there are two options here. It could be one, maybe Kemba is too good, and we want to tank like hell next year, and he's going to prevent us from doing so. Or the less charitable, more charitable idea is, you know, we don't want to take young uh, minutes away from our young guards. We have Shea Gilgis Alexander. Right. We just gave him max contract here. We just drafted Trey Mann and Josh Giddy. We have Lou Dort still. We have Theo Maladon. We want to, you know, right. really turn it over to the young guys. So we're going to do right by Kemba. You know, we won't know the answer until the regular season starts. Like you, I hope Kemba's knee is fine and that he can have the homecoming that he deserves. But it is yeah. a fair concern. Um, I will say, you know, for $8 million, especially if it's a one-year deal, there's Steel. just... Steal! Yeah, there's just so little risk to it. Like, that's... Oh, that's there's what it comes no to. risk. There's yeah. no risk. I want to take it a step further. Even if it's $10 million, right? There's no risk. They had so much cap space anyway. It's fine. Yeah. Like, I, I, I love this gamble for New York as well. It's almost similar to the DeRozan thing where I said, like, you kind of need to do these things to get back into the swing uh, of, of being a good team. Kemba Walker, if no, like, health concerns uh, over him, is an elite freaking point guard. This yeah. is a guy who can come in and give you 20 points, like, five-plus assists, three-plus three-pointers made per game. 
that is all-star level production. And if that's the player they're getting, especially at that price point, that might be the best damn contract given out during the entire offseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm like starting to work on a best value signings of free agency and Kemba is number one with a bullet right now. I just, the upside so outweighs the downside yeah. that, you know, I, like some of these other min signings are great too and we'll get to them when we talk about the contenders. But I mean, Kemba Walker signed the max contract two years ago. And I know right. health was a big issue for him this past year in particular. And you're totally right about the thin smile. Like, God, I hope, you know, he's not playing 38 minutes a game in a regular season game in January. But, I mean, that's where having Derrick Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, having some young guards right. off the bench is going to actually help, hopefully, help keep Kemba's minutes in check. I hope yes. you know, Leon Rose, the team president, and their medical staff comes up with a good plan for him. Like, do not overtax this guy. But considering, I mean, they were starting Alfred freaking Payton last year, and everything, yeah. you know, going into the playoffs, we were like, when are they going to just bench Alfred Payton? Why are they trotting out this guy who is terrible for six minutes at the start of every game, and Derrick Rose replaces him for the next 42? There's no point. Now it's not like ceremonial starter Alfred Payton. It's, holy crap, boy, a multi-time all-star, a four-time all-star, Kemba Walker. So, yeah. Again, like, how do you sort out the hierarchy in the East? I think is something that we're going to be talking about from now until the season starts because I yes. don't, I don't know how to rank Boston versus Chicago versus the Knicks versus the Pacers right now. Like, they're all right in that mix, and injuries are going to play a big role, unfortunately, in determining who ends up where. But yeah. like the Knicks, it. I mean, I don't think they're the four seed next year, but they're definitely also going to be in that mix for the top six. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't know you were lobbing it to me. I agree. Of course. I I, I think the, this whole ideology of the Eastern Conference is dead and buried now. Yeah. Like, the, the East is loaded, just loaded with talent. Um, I, Are we at that point, Brian, where... I might even say that the East right now is a little bit better than the West. If just only, on the, just in terms of depth. Yeah, I mean, like the Nuggets with their with Jamal Murray's injury and the Clippers with Kawhi's mm-hmm. injury, that really mm-hmm. hurts the top of the West. Uh, I mean, like, and I'm taking that into account. I'm saying yeah. this year, and I'm taking injuries into account, obviously. Yeah, I mean, like, each conference has three teams that just are not going to be competitive this year. The Thunder, Kings, and Rockets in the West. The Cavs, Pistons, Magic in the East. The Spurs probably aren't going to be competitive either, I guess. Maybe the Kings will pretend, talk themselves into being competitive. They won't be. Um, Right. But, yeah, I mean, like, you know, again, like, one of... Knicks, Pacers, Bulls, Hawks, Heat, Celtics is going to miss the playoffs entirely. Like, I would pick whichever one of those teams does probably over the ninth or 10th seed in the West, like the Pelicans, yep. was, you know, or the Timberwolves or the Blazers, maybe. So, yeah, it, it, it's at least the, the playing field is evening out for sure. Um, and the other big news on the Knicks front is that Julius Randle has agreed to a four-year, $117 million extension. It is the max that he could have signed because extension rules are stupid, and you can only get 120% of your previous salary. So 
he was limited. He could have become a free agent next summer and made probably upward of $200 million if he was able to get a max deal either from the Knicks or another team. Um, but I went, you know, you also look at the cautionary tale of Dennis Schroeder, who is now probably going to get a third of what he turned down last during the season. And then John Collins, who we'll get to shortly, like those negotiations seemed like they weren't off to a great start. So he locks in the bag. He is now signed through the next five years. What do you think of that extension, Mark? I think it's fine. I th- I don't think that Randall is, you know, one of those $200 million max guys. Nope. So I actually like this for him. Uh, what is like the, the full five-year prognosis? That's a four-year 140, right? Yeah, I think, yeah, five years 140, I believe. Like, um, that's, yeah. That's, yeah. that's under 30 million per year. Like he's paid as what he should be, the second guy on a team. Which I think is fair to say of Julius Randle. I know not a lot of Knicks fans would be like, well, he was our leader this year when we made the playoffs. Yeah, that's great. I, Awesome. But like it, it, with championship aspirations, I don't think Julius Randle could ever be your best player. I mean, it's, I don't know if that's a hot take, but I, I don't think he's in that, on that level. So I think he's being compensated fairly for what I consider personally to be to to see him as which is the second option yeah and I mean again you could similar to how the Bulls now slot in if Kemba's healthy he's going to be the 1A to Julius Randle's number one option RJ Barrett is still young he might become more of a scoring presence in the coming years as well I mean like absolutely Randle struggled so much in the playoffs because defenses could key in on him uh, you know, R.J. Barrett, like, shot 38.8%. Reggie Bullock didn't shoot well. Like, no one on the Knicks shot well. The offense was a disaster. If Kemba can help draw some attention away from Randall and Evan Fournier as well, like, yeah. the additions of those two guys, you know, the Knicks had one of the better defenses in the league last year, but their offense was just a tire fire. They're going to take a step back defensively, most likely, putting in Kemba and Fournier into that starting lineup. But I think the gains they make offensively will more than offset the losses defensively. Did the Boston Celtics just pay a first-round draft pick to just basically put Evan Fournier and Kimber Walker on the Knicks? <laughs> I saw that tweet going around yesterday, and it might have been my favorite tweet I've <laughs> ever seen on that godforsaken website. Yeah, that was. I. I mean, look. I even gave you a hall pass to to <laughs> smoke to smoke the Celtics on this one because, whoa boy. But I agree with you. Like, if 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 Kemba is the Kemba of old, <clears throat> this would be the, probably the most perfect evolution of Randall as a player because he can now feed off a a proper point guard. And when I say that, I mean someone who is also very inclined to make passes and spread the court like just spread the defense out which nowadays is very much uh, required from a point guard Derek Rose is not that type of player he's a shoot first guy who takes a bunch of mid-rangers so I yeah Julius Randle would greatly benefit from a fully healthy Kemba Walker um, and also he'll, he'll hell he'll he'll benefit from just having Evan Fournier running around taking threes and like spotting up and, and stretching everything out I'm I'm intrigued, and I think I think the Knicks are on the right way, but 
yeah, I, I'm not fully recanting because I do still think that was a lot of money on Rose, on Nerlens Noel, on Alec Burks to bring those guys back. And I just wonder, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just wonder, could they not have done something more inspiring or better with those available money? Yeah, well, the other thing that we found out is that all of those deals had a third-year team option, I believe. Well, Fournier is four years, yes. so it's a fourth-year team option. So, not, I mean, you know, they're not 2023. They basically right. have a clean slate again. So, you know, I, I think I think of the Knicks and the Bulls somewhat in the same way this offseason, where mm-hmm. do these moves drastically increase their championship upside? Probably not. Like I, I don't think right. either team is on the tier of Brooklyn or Milwaukee, and I, I don't think there were moves out there for either team. They were so far from that level before, and given the talent on this free agent class, like unless they landed Kawhi and magically healed his ACL so he played all of next season, I, like I don't know what moves were out there for these teams right. to upgrade to that extent. But I, I, I think you're right. Both teams are on the right path, and. There is something to be said, like, about just giving fans some entertaining product to watch, right? Like, not every team goes into the season. They all say, yeah, our goal is to compete for a championship. It's not true. Like, a lot of teams are just happy making the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. That's okay. Like, if you've been... For if you're a Knicks fan and you've been forced to watch a crap product for most of the past two decades... It's fine to be excited about a team that might not Absolutely. make it out of the first round. And same goes to the Bulls fan. Like, you haven't watched the team that made the playoffs in the last four years. It's okay to be excited about this team, even though they aren't a championship contender, even though they might not be with this current core. It's fine. It, it is fine. I'm not saying otherwise. What I am saying is I think the expectation was that because the Knicks took the leap that they did last year and they were armed with that much cap space, you kind of wanted them to take that next step, like mm-hmm. going from one tier to another. And then I think mostly, no, I, I think it's unfair to say they stayed at the same tier. I think the the uh, the inclusion of Evan Fournier in particular, because we know that he's healthy now, mm-hmm. Um and then, of course, the upside of Kemba. Like, the, honestly, the, the 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 health of Kemba is what separates them into a new tier. If he's healthy, fully healthy, and and they and Evan Fournier is also fully back after his COVID scare and all that, yeah. then they go up a full tier. Then I'm willing to basically say, okay, the Knicks of last year, they have grown a full tier now. They are they have made that progression. But if Kemba's knee buckles down, or if you know Evan Fournier doesn't respond to the same way, whatever, then I think they kind of mostly stuck uh, with what they had, which eh, I, I would understand why some Knicks fans would find that uninspiring. Mm-hmm. That said, you hit on something right, because if Knicks fans are all in on this roster, that has value. It really does. You're absolutely right. Those Knicks fans were for so long, just they put backs over their heads for crying out yeah. they were They were so out of it. Like they were just done with that franchise, right? Yeah. Now they're not. They seem very, very engaged. They seem to love this crew. And if they have so much love for the guys that they re-signed, who the hell am I to say that those weren't the right pieces? That's absolutely correct. I just, I want the Knicks to actually be good. I love when the Knicks are good. And so I saw this as an opportunity. They just made the playoffs. They had all this momentum, 50 million in cap space. So I was like, oh, maybe they actually go out there and 
and do something super crazy nice so they become a championship contender. Wouldn't that be a great story? And I just don't think they're I don't think they're there. Unless, yeah. of course, Kemba you know, defies conventional wisdom about his knee and goes completely apeshit over the next season. Yeah, I mean it's just hard for me to I hear you, but like again, yeah. looking at the free agent market who was there out there for them to, okay, we signed this guy and we're an immediate right. championship. Like, I just don't think that even if you get Kawhi, who is not healthy next year and he's not leaving the Clippers, right. I mean, he hasn't officially said it, but you know, I Do don't need think cap he, space though to, to find guys. It, you're saying you could have traded for like, who is there to trade for? Well, see, we always hear these rumors about guys wanting to go to the Knicks, right? Yeah. Always. What if this year there was some truth to it because they actually became good? And this wasn't the... I, I don't know if they explored that avenue. I'm not going to say they didn't. If they did their due diligence, you're absolutely right. If they did their due diligence and there, there simply wasn't anyone on the market, fair game. But we constantly hear about these guys wanting to go to the Knicks. I, I assumed at some point that would be true, especially after a year where they made it back to the playoffs, they overachieved, it finally seems like they've got their house in order. Like when we heard the Dame stuff, like Dame actually wants mm -hmm. to go to the Knicks or he's open to the Knicks. I was sitting there going, oh, well, you know, in previous years, I would have disregarded that entirely. Maybe I wouldn't this year because of what happened. Like they were good. They were a lot better. Maybe now's the time. And maybe it was just me who became a victim of my own expectations for the Knicks because I actually wanted them to be take that huge step and actually become a part of the NBA's elite. I don't know. I I mean, I will say all of the contracts that they signed, like, especially if, you know, if Dame asked out in the next couple months mm -hmm. and Neil O'Shea knows he's going to get fired, but he's going to do everything in his power not to. Right. Kemba Walker on an $8 million contract, if he is healthy. Yes. Like yes. a lot. Now they have some salary matching pieces. So if, if that star becomes available and if that star says they want to go to the Knicks, Packaged together, some combination of Kemba, R.J. Barrett, Fournier, Mitchell Robinson, uh, Derek Rose, Nerlens Noel, Alec Burks. Like they have a bunch of stuff they can throw in now, salary-wise, and in terms of rotation pieces. They still have at least one draft pick from the Mavericks coming along. I think they have all mm -hmm. of their own as well. So yeah, I, they, they should have their own. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think this takes them out of the star market necessarily. Like I, I think this is realistically the best they could have mm -hmm. done this summer so i i i am sorry i i recant all of my skepticism <laughs> because i i do think the kemba signing just changes so much for them and knowing about the team right. options on all of these deals like knowing Pending have... his health right right of course okay mm. well i all right just to close that up i it's a fair point i just wonder if portland would be interesting in interested in so many you know, mid-tier contracts, such yeah. as Norland Noel, Derek Rose. Like, I could definitely see a world wherein they go, eh, we don't care about that. The only thing we care about literally are draft picks. Just give us that in expiring contracts. I, but again, look, who knows? If they suddenly announce a, a trade for Dame a month from now, then I'm definitely recanting. Okay, good, good. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, so let's go to another Easter Conference team that leveled up. We, we finally, we heard Spencer Dinwiddie was going to the Wizards even before, I think Jake Fisher had it as, a lot, as well as some other, I think Fred Katz was mentioning it as well as early as Monday. But the details, figuring out how to make it work in terms of the sign and trade took a couple days. Ultimately, they lumped it into the Russell Westbrook deal. So it's going to be a five-team mega sign and trade. So Spencer Dinwiddie to the Wizards on a three-year, $62 million deal. They also re-signed Howell Neto to be second string, third string point guard. I don't know. They, they got Aaron Holiday in that mega trade as well. So now we're looking at a Wizards depth chart with Spencer Dinwiddie, Aaron Holiday, Howell Neto, Bradley Beal, KCP in the backcourt. And then you have just a bunch of dudes in the front court. You have Denny. You have Rui. You have Gafford. You have Thomas Bryant who's coming back from the AC, ACL Achilles. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. No, ACL. ACL? Okay. Uh, you have Kuzma. You have Montrez Harrell. You have Davis Bertans. You just added Corey Kispert. So the Wizards have had a phenomenal offseason, I would say. Like, they just make so much more sense on paper. Yeah. What do you think of the Dinwiddie acquisition? And where do you see Washington now fitting into this suddenly bolstered Eastern Conference? So I do think they need to streamline their roster just a smidge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they, that's a lot of bigs first and foremost. I'm also not sold on Montres Harrell. I, I, you know, I think he's a regu- regular season player, which you know does serve its purpose if you can get them to the playoffs and you can do all those things. Like fine, that's step one. But still, I would I would look for more wings and more guard depth. Um, but Spencer Dinwiddie, again. <laughs> Pending health because mm-hmm. he's also just coming off. Like, uh, what? How many games did he play? Like three, I want to say. Yeah, it was. I think, I think four, maybe four, three. Uh, yeah, like, like very very few. Yeah, something along those lines. So it's basically a missed season. Um, so so like the, the I think the value was actually pretty good. It was just over twenty million a year, and it's on a short, somewhat short term deal, like the three year. I don't know if there's any. Is there an option on that? Or uh, I don't remember hearing about it if there is. Right. But even if there isn't, like a three-year deal, it's fine. Like if he's not the same player he used to be, it's a, it's a good enough gamble to take it. And if he is the player of old and he comes in and is like 20-plus points, 6-plus assists, attacks the basket relentlessly, then this contract is mind-blowingly good because then it should have been 85, 90 instead. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm in it. I think this is this is a strong backcourt now. I think he fits with Bradley Beal way more than Russell Westbrook, which I don't think is, should surprise anyone. Uh, there's just so much more balance now in that type of backcourt. It's also a, a large backcourt because Spencer didn't when he is six six. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So I think there's a lot of size there, a lot of unselfishness too. Like you won't see Spencer Dinwiddie race down the floor and jack up weird shots on the break. Like he's a more controlled player, I want to say, than Russell Westbrook. So I think he's going to allow himself like the time and the patience and also realizing, oh, you know what? I have a trailer in Davis Bertans. Oh, I have a trailer in Bradley Beal. I have a trailer in Thomas Bryant who can also stroke the three. So I, he's going to be more recognizing of, of those patterns and utilize them. So I love it. Now, where they stand in the East, I can, can, can I just toss a coin at this point? I have yeah. no idea. This, it's, this Eastern Conference is going to be one of the best subplots of the entire season. I absolutely love it. But, yeah, overall, I would feel more uh, confident about the Wizards if they just streamlined the roster just a bit more. Because I don't think Denny is a three. I think he's a four. Mm-hmm. I think Rui is a four or what you, whatever you call it. Like, I just don't think they are guys who should be moving all around the court and, like, guarding the Jalen Browns and Jason Tatums and the, of the league. Um, I think they're better at guarding, like, the Tobias Harris's mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. So I would like to see them prioritize wings for the rest of the summer, maybe pull up some trades. But, like, the, the foundation is there, Brian. Like, it's a, it's a pretty good foundation. And I, I think if they do what I just kind of asked them to do, we could definitely be looking at a team that might not even need to go into the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, the, the Wizards are another team where I, I'm going to keep saying there are too many teams for not enough playoff spots in the East. Like, some team yeah. is going to be severely disappointed based on their expectations going into the year. Because I think, like, Cleveland, Orlando, and Detroit won't expect to make it. Toronto, I don't think will, but they could. Like, they, they're yeah, not they as could. bad as they looked last season, but... No, and they won't be playing in Tampa. Right. So, well, hopefully. God. <laughs> All right. All right. That hasn't been settled, right? That I think they are. I mean, who knows with this new Delta variant? But I, I think right. they were progressing toward going back to Toronto. Yeah. Before, okay. before the world went to hell again. Um, right. But yeah, like, fingers crossed, they will not play in Tampa again. They'll, like, be at home. But... You know, just given how much these other teams in that tier have upgraded, I like I'm penciling them in tentatively as either an 11 or a 12 seed. But that means like Indiana, I know struggled last year, but injuries were largely to blame for that. Mm-hmm. They're going to be very good. Like this Wizards roster, I just cannot believe how much they've upgraded compared to last year in one off season. Like. That Russell Westbrook trade was an absolute godsend for them. Getting, mm-hmm. turning, I mean, really, trading John Wall for Westbrook. They, they would not have gotten this type of value for John Wall. And flipping Russell Westbrook into three rotation players and a first-round pick that they used to get another rotation player in Aaron Holiday, just unreal value for them. And now, I mean, if I look at this roster, like, Jerome Robinson, Ish Smith, you know, Garrison Matthews played how many he played the eighth most minutes of any mm-hmm. wizard last year. And I love Garrison Matthews, but like yeah. now we're talking like it's gonna be, you know, Westbrook, Dinwiddie, KCP, Rui, Gafford will probably be the starting center until Bryant's healthy. Bryant's gonna come off the bench. You have Montrez, you have Kuzma. Yeah. You have Aaron Holiday. Like, they just have so much more talent. And I think, you know, 
the Lord knows the vultures have been circling over Washington and Bradley mm-hmm. Beal. And is he going to ask out going back pre-draft? You know, our guy Jake first reported that Beal was weighing his future there. Shams confirmed it. Fred Katz confirmed it. It sounds like what happened was that Russ, you know, he and Russ were both talking about their futures. And then Russ kind of gave him a heads up like, hey, you know, if I told the Wizards, if we can find a trade that makes that makes sense with me and the Lakers, let's get it done. And they did. And now Beal seems happier. So I'm not going to yeah. go out and say Bradley Beal is definitely going to sign an <laughs> extension in the next couple months. But I think the odds of Bradley Beal leaving Washington have also decreased significantly, much like Levine in Chicago. You know, I think Beal's got to be looking at this roster and thinking like, damn, man, we, you know, again, yeah. we're we're not championship contenders, but we are a legit threat to make the playoffs at least and not just like squeak in like we did last year. Like we could maybe make some noise. Maybe we can even win a first round series. Who knows? Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, where do they rank? You know, I put... I, I think I would put them below Chicago and the Knicks still. Probably Boston too. I, Boston, the playmaking is just, but their defense is good. I, like I have no idea. That they're no. they're going to be, all of these teams are going to be super fun to watch. That's that's yeah. the important thing. Like the the as you said, the battle for the Eastern Conference, like the Brooklyn Milwaukee battle at the top is going to be super fascinating because that could have major mm-hmm. implications for home court advantage and that could help determine which of these teams goes on to win the championship but then like the having this play-in tournament and like the battle for that six seed for that guaranteed playoff spot it's gonna be really important because all the teams in that seven to ten bracket are gonna be good and you don't want to be in a single elimination tournament with any of them very much agreed by the way have we talked about how you can practically get russell westbrook for free at this point, because listen, last year when they traded for Westbrook, they gave up a, a first round draft pick, which they then, if memory serves, they got back in the Lakers trade, mm-hmm. right? Well, they yeah, they got it back and then sent it to Indiana. Right, right, right. Yeah, but but like, yes, yes. Theoretically, they got it back. Yeah, they they so, got back a pick. Yeah, they traded one out, got right. one in. Yeah. So that may, means that Russell Westbrook at this point. It's just a wash when it comes to trade value. <laughs> well, I mean, effectively, they traded him for John Wall, straight up. Right. Who, at that point in time, just came off of, what, two missed seasons almost? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Well, I mean, I just want to lay it out there because, again, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Lakers enthusiasm, which, good for you guys, but, <clears throat> like, Russ isn't that guy anymore yeah i mean he's just not and it's amazing to me how we keep like (laughs) whenever he leaves the team we go oh oh look at how great this team is gonna be because they traded Russell westbrook and then at some point in during the season westbrook is gonna go off and you're gonna be like mort listen russell westbrook is really good and then a couple months later wow they're so much better now after having traded russell westbrook (laughs) maybe there's a pattern here like that's just emerging, Mr. Sapori. I I mean, for them to trade him for four rotation players, given how shallow they were last year, mm-hmm. I think that's the bit. Especially knowing they 
were able to get Dinwiddie in in free agency. So you effectively yep. replace Westbrook with Dinwiddie and add that much rotation depth. Yes, I have no qualms saying that that trade <laughs> is much better for the Wizards. Like, do I think the Lakers next year are going to, you know, have that where they're going to do this <laughs> retirement home experiment and then turn around next summer and try to dump Russell Westbrook for like whatever the biggest contract is on the, like, Maybe they try to flip him back for John Wall. We could just go full circle of trades here. I don't, I don't think so. But, yeah, I mean, uh, I mean uh, I'm not ruling it out. I am not ruling out a Russell Westbrook trade next summer. This has become, like, a, a tradition at this point. Yeah, it is a rite of passage. That's Yep. <laughs> well, I, I love this offseason. Really, for, I mean, for the Wizards, the Knicks, yep. the Bulls, it's... These are three teams that we so rarely talk about in positive light in the offseason that it it feels very weird to be saying this. But all three have, have done a great job this offseason and deserve the praise that's coming to them. Yeah, I, I totally agree. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Let's circle back to John Collins, because you brought up Westbrook, so I want to let's just go quick hitter into the contenders, and we'll wrap up with Collins. So, oh, La- okay. Lakers, Carmelo Anthony on a min deal, Malik Monk on a min deal, yeah, yeah, yep. Kendrick Nunn two year ten million dollar deal, which I believe is most but not all of their taxpayer mid level exception, which made me raise right. my eyebrows there. They also resigned, uh, resigned Taylor Horton Tucker three year thirty two million dollar deal. So. The, the roster is really starting to come into shape here. We know they're just adding a bunch of shooters. We we called, or we at least addressed Malik Monk as, like, the ideal addition for them on our Yes, last you did. I don't want to take credit for that. That was your idea. Well, and it's a good one. Yeah, so I think that that's the big win. Like, Carmelo's, that was predictable. I mean, banana boat. Reunited. Really? <laughs> so No, no sur- Chris Paul, though. That's not yet. Maybe, maybe that's the trade. Westbrook for Chris Paul next uh. summer. Again. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think of the nun edition, though? Uh Oh, the nun. I thought you said nun, like oh. N-O-N-E. Like, right? <laughs> yeah. No, so, so, all right. Let me just put it this way. When, when we podcasted after, what was it, day one, mm-hmm. we were a little bit like, mm, this doesn't really look all that great for the Lakers. Um, recently, Brian, I saw a... a YouTube video of, and this was a true story, apparently some man in a submarine or a boat or something kind of sank. And he was stuck down there for three days in like this little hole of oxygen. And he was like, I'm going to die. And somehow, some way, some people got down there and they had these oxygen tanks with them that he could like, and he had his first breath of fresh air in like three days. That's how I felt like when I heard Malik Monk and, and Kendrick Nunn were coming along to the Lakers because otherwise their spacing would have been freaking awful. Like to the point where we would be talking about them as like it seemed that would be legitimately back in 2007 
mm-hmm. in terms of spacing. This is air. This is oxygen for them, having probably more so Monk than Kendrick Nunn, but I think both are on fantastic value. Um, you know, there's also this thing, and when you talk about Kendrick Nunn, you also have to recognize certain other things, but let's not get into that right now. From a player perspective and a value perspective of what he provides as a shooter, as a scorer, and Monk as a shooter, this, this was necessary. Like, they needed to hit on these guys. Also because those guys are young. Yeah. They aren't over the age of 35. Like, those, <laughs> their legs won't turn into dust by March. So I, this was so very necessary for them to get these, these guys in. And I kind of like it for both guys as well because this is just a testing out period. Like, mm-hmm. they're basically saying, okay, you know, we're, we're taking a, a one-year swing playing with the Lakers, a very, very famous franchise known all over the globe. We'll get a lot of media exposure. And if we just hit our shots uh, off of the attention of Russ, LeBron, and AD, we are going to get paid next year. Yes. So I just like that approach. That's smart thinking on those guys' part. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it flew under the radar that none improved as a three-point shooter last year and actually shot 38.1% from three on almost mm-hmm. six attempts per game. Monk, very uneven start to his career, but he hit 40.1%. So as you said, yep. having those guys to play off of the spacing of Russ and LeBron in particular is going to be huge. Um, yes. You know, I the I can I can understand the optimism about the Lakers. Like if they've taken so many of these low low cost swings at this point, mm-hmm. you know, not all of them need to pan out. Like if if Trevor Reza is just completely washed, that's okay because now you have Wayne Ellington and Carmelo Anthony and Kendrick Nunn and Malik Monk. Talon Horton Tucker is probably in line for a bigger role as well. Two of those may also be completely washed. We don't know. <laughs> right, 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 right. But, you know, they have right. some depth now. How much they need to continue adding, we'll see. I'm curious that they didn't give none the full taxpayer mid-level. So I wonder yeah. what else they have up their sleeve, whether it's... If I were them, uh, given the rave reviews I heard about the guys they signed to two-way deals, maybe right. they're saving some of that to sign those guys to contracts for more than two years, which would be very smart because you're going to need cheap depth when you have three max guys. But right. w- we'll see what happens with the Lakers. I, I mean, predictably, things are working out for them because they are the Lakers. Um, <laughs> that's that's such a sad way that that it's true, but I hate that being the reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. Yeah. I agree. All right, I agree. All right. Um, same deal for the Spurs, though. They got one of the big prizes that everyone wanted with the tax pyramid level. They got Patty Mills on the two-year deal with a second-year player option. Bruce Brown. Did you just say the Spurs? The <laughs> the Nets. Right. The Spurs okay. wish they you know the Nets <laughs> got Patty Mills. Uh, Bruce Brown picks up his $4.7 million qualifying offer to stay there. Smart. Blake Griffin's going back on a min deal. James Johnson going there on a min deal it. as well. So yep. Nets are reloading. And, I mean, the addition of Patty Mills is just unfair on that team. Yep. I kind of love the um, the Bruce the Bruce Brown picking up his qualifying offer and, yeah. and going into next year as an unrestricted because here's the thing he's going to be like the high utility player for the Nets all year long. Mm-hmm. 
And teams are going to recognize that. And he's going to go in next year and be able to say, sure, I could stick with the Nets if they're good. Like, if if I see that they are a championship contender, I could... I can stick with it. If not, I can go wherever the hell I want to go. He's good. And teams are going to throw, like, what's the minimum for him? Like, the full non-tax MLE? I don't even think that gets done. I think, I I mean, I think he outplays that pretty thoroughly, no? I would think so. Yeah, I think offers were probably not going to, offers of that size weren't coming this year because the Nets would probably threaten to match, even though that might've been an empty threat given their luxury tax situation. Now, especially with the cap supposed to come in almost like 7 million above what it was this year, which Mm -hmm. is a surprise. It was only supposed to rise by 3 million, but updated projections have it at 119. So more teams are going to either have cap space next summer, or they're going to have access to the full non-tax pyramid level. So yeah, I think Bruce Brown's looking at, eight figure deals next summer a very smart move on his part because as you said he's going to play a big role a versatile role for a championship contender uh well an eight figure deal is also the mle next year then yeah i it well i I would think so it'll be close like the the non-tax mle this year is is 9.5 yeah yeah so if it raises by seven million, it's probably going to be over ten. It's at ten point one next year. Yeah, <laughs> barely. All right, but I hear what you're saying. I love the James Johnson thing, though. Yeah, like the, me the too. James Johnson thing. To me, that was like, whoa! I I thought for sure that that he would go elsewhere for a bigger role. He is like he is the. I don't even know how to frame it. It's like he's a ball handler. He's a screener. He's a defender. He's a rebounder. He's a he's a passer. Like. All right, he's not a great shooter, but he can do so many things at a high level. Despite being on the older side, he doesn't really have a whole lot of mileage on his legs. Like, let me just look that up. I think yeah, I think I looked it up at some point. 14,000 minutes. Yeah. That's not a lot for someone who is, what, 34? Yeah. Yeah, he's been in yeah. the league for 12 years now. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I just love that. That is yeah. one of those moves you make because... He's not like he, he. I'm trying to find a comparison of a guy who just doesn't hit shots. PJ Tucker. But like, he, well, I mean, at least he can hit the three, right? I mean, yeah. I'm talking about a guy like even if James Johnson isn't on the ball, he's good enough to hit open threes on occasion here and there, right? I mean, wide open, he's got a solid release, fund, good fundamentals. So he's not even a a guy you have to play a whole lot in the ball. Like his offense can come completely opportunistic mm-hmm. i i just like the i really like that move for him yeah i i think he will be similar to tucker in that he will be that hard-nosed tough physical guy that you just yeah. throw on the top opposing wing just to frustrate the ever-living hell out of them and that's going to save mileage on kd on blake griffin yeah so i even bruce brown i yeah i i think that's he's another. gonna be on Giannis a lot next yes. year yeah for sure. Uh, Rudy Gay going to the Utah Jazz also on the taxpayer mid-level. They also picked up Hassan Whiteside on a one-year min deal. Yes, they did. That's, this goes back to our theory of if you are not paying for an elite big, just get one. Of, like, Don't spend your full non-taxpayer mid-level on Derek Favors, who you then have to spend a first-round pick to salary dump the next mm-hmm. year. 
these guys, like Hassan Whiteside is on a min deal. Andre Drummond, who we'll get to in a second, is on a min deal. And it's Cantor. It sounds like it's going to be a min deal or close to a min deal. These guys are is out Ennis Cancer just going to go back and forth from Portland to Boston? <laughs> it seems that way, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah, but I love the pickup of Rudy Gay. And of the, course. The Jazz are good. Like, we're going to, again, everyone's going to focus on the Lakers as the clear championship favorite in the West. And I think we're both going to be like, what about the Jazz and the Suns? Because <laughs> <laughs> why aren't they getting more love? I wouldn't even be shocked, Brian, if Rudy Gay is performing at a comfortable enough level that they at least explore Bojan Bogdanovic's trades at the trade deadline. Yeah, or Joe Ingles. I mean, his name was already floating out there. This is true. This is true. I'm not saying that the the Jazz are going to go like full makeover, but I I just think this could open the door to some interesting things. Yeah, It's it's just a rock-solid move. I mean, I know that Rudy is going to be 35, this later this month, I even think. Yeah, yep. August 17. So he's going to be 35. He's no spring chicken. I completely get that. Still a solid defender, can still hit the three ball. Like, even still has some wrestle dazzle in his handle. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not even out on him by any stretch. Um, yeah, no, that if you win, talent will come to you. Yes. Uh, speaking of, the Golden State Warriors. Added Nemanja Bjelica on a one-year mid deal and Otto Porter Jr. on a one-year mid deal. I know the injury concerns with Porter are legit, but when healthy, the guy's a 40% three-point shooter. Bjelica can also stripe it from downtown. Absolutely no risk to both of those. Both are just low-risk, high-upside signings. Both will be in my Forbes piece of the best signings in free agency. Because, I, I mean, the upside is just so enormous for both of those guys. Mm-hmm. I mean... I, I liked when Otto Porter was in shape. Sure, <laughs> you're right. And, but and, don't you and think he wasn't made of glass on the like on a championship hopeful like the Warriors? I think he's going to be and Dr- if he's not, Draymond's going to be in his ear on the first day of training camp. <laughs> this is true. No, I look. I I'm just saying. I I think people just kind of hailed that signing a little bit too soon. Hmm. Otto Porter has not been reliable for. At least two full seasons now. Yeah. In terms of being healthy, in terms of proving that he can keep his body straight and lean. I mean I I don't like the word fat because I don't I NBA players aren't fat. They're still some of the best athletes in the world and I don't think I don't like that word. But he was his body type drastically changed from the year prior to the injury and to the year after. I mean, mm-hmm. he came in chubby. Chubby is a good word. He couldn't move. I, I mean, defensively, he couldn't move at all, Brian. It was like he lost one of his greatest assets, which mm-hmm. was moving defensively and like switching and long arms and all that. Like, yeah, sure, the long arms are still there, but it, like he was heavy. You could sense he had trouble moving around. Mm-hmm. I He needs to lose that for him to be like a proper... Uh, auto, a proper version of himself because it's not just the three-point shooting that made him appealing. It was the defensive versatility. Like, if he's coming in and is only a three-point shooter but can't move around because he's too much weight on him, can he even be used? Again, Especially yeah. under Steve Kerr? Yeah, that's what we'll have to see. Like, what shape does he come in? 
Right. But, you know, in the three prior years, too. Like, he played 42 games over the last two years. So I agree with you. Right. It's like, what are you getting out of him? But he's only 28. And in the three prior <laughs> years, he shot above 40% from three every time. So if, yeah. again, on a min deal, if it doesn't work out, no big deal. But if it does work out, the upside far outweighs the down. Right. Uh, I like the Bielitsa deal more, though. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Just because you I, know I think what people you're are getting. a little bit. Yeah, and like people were like, why? He's ass. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I don't understand why the negative reaction to Nemanja. Like, when he. I understand that last time he had a really good stat line, he was with the Kings. That doesn't matter to me. I mean, he was a guy who could play make off the bounce, he was a guy who could rebound, he was a guy who could hit the three at a high rate. At a high efficiency, no less. I just don't see the downside. I mean, mm-hmm. in in, the, in a warrior system, yeah. I actually expect him to be significantly better than he was last year when he had a down year. It was the year before he was really good. Um, I, I just like the way that he approaches the game. I think he's a thinker. Uh, I think he is smart about shot selection. I think defensively he's undervalued a lot. I just see him being probably their most important signing, at least of those two, and, and, and maybe external signing off the summer. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, another guy who, prior to last year, shot at least 40% from three in each of the past three years. Right. going to give them some more positional versatility. Could they go with, you know, Dre at the four, him at the five, and three shooters around him? Certainly possible. Yep. Uh, Milwaukee adds Rodney Hood on a one-year deal, and the Sixers wave George Hill, who is also going back. We haven't heard the details, but I'm sure it's just a men deal as well. So the defending champs, despite losing P.J. Tucker, bolstering their bench. I mean, they're, they're going to be right back in it, man. It's going to be Milwaukee right. and Brooklyn at the top of the East. Do you uh, really think George Hill goes, goes back on a men deal, though? I would assume so. They're not going to spend. Would, do they? Ha- they still have their taxpayer mid level, right? I don't know. I mean, George Hill. I understand that he fell out of favor in Philly. I don't know. It's just I think he could sign for a little bit more. Oof. I, if I'm Bobby Portis and I see them spend the taxpayer mid level on George Hill instead of me, I am having some words with that front office. That's all I'd say. That is fair. <laughs> that is fair. <laughs> that is fair. Like what? Like, what is this? Like I haven't even looked up his profile in a while, but like. Yeah, all right. With the Sixers, it wasn't... Oh, it was bad. Yeah. I mean, he's coming yeah. off a thumb injury, right. so I don't want to take that away. You know, I don't think he's as bad as he looked during his brief time in Philly. I don't blame... No, he was a lot better in, in OKC, though. Yeah, yeah. All right, only 30... I thought he played more in OKC than just 14 games. I For some reason, I had, like, oh, he played 30-plus games with OKC. He absolutely did not. All right, fair enough for a guy who, for a guy who played... 30 games uh, in the NBA season. That might just warrant a mint deal. That's fair. All right. Yeah. Um, speaking of Philly, so they wave Hill. They add George Yang on a two-year, $6.7 million deal. There's a mm-hmm. lot of freak out initially because my, our, my good friend Kyle Newbeck of Philly Voice reported it was from the non-taxpayer mid-level, and that set off a lot of panic. But as we later found out, it was not. Um, because they also so they add Andre Drummond hilariously on a one-year men deal, despite mm-hmm. his beef with Joel Embiid. He had his introductory press conference and he said there is no beef, so that's good to see at least. Um, and the big news: Danny Greenback two-year, twenty million dollar deal. 
There is some confusion as to whether Woj says there's no options. Danny Green's podcast host said it's the second year team option, um, which I don't even think is legal on an early bird deal, but they might have renounced him as an early bird and signed him as a non-bird to make, like, I don't know what the hell the deal He's coming back for at least this year. That's all I know. Right. It, it, it would have to be a non-guaranteed, if anything. Yeah, I, thi- I mean, I think so, but I don't know. So I don't want to speculate. I, I broke my brain this morning, but he's Danny okay. Green is coming back. So effectively, Philly is running it back, switching out Dwight Howard and Mike Scott for George Nang and Andre Drummond. What do you right. think of that plan, not knowing like what's the- up with Ben Simmons? You know, so first and foremost, like we can all point fingers at Andre Drummond for not being, you know, the the center that he was paid as for years and years and years. But Andre Drummond at the min deal is ridiculously good. I'm sorry. I mean, like I, I think I tweeted this. This is a guy who can come in and I'm not, Brian. I'm not even kidding when I say this. He could come in and play 17 minutes per game and average 10 rebounds. Yeah. I mean, Dwight I mean, he, played 17 per game or so last year and averaged seven. So it's not even that far off. There you go. And Drummond is still, in my opinion, the league's best rebounder. Oh, sorry. Dwight averaged seven points, eight and a half rebounds almost in 17 points. Oh, minutes. he did? Yeah. Wow. Can I up my my, <laughs> my prediction? prediction? Yeah. Wow. Dw- oh, there you go, Dwight. Good Lord. Oh my, that's insane. That's 17 and a half rebounds per 36. Good on Dwight, man. All right. But like, it's still the league's best rebounder, right? Mm -hmm. And he's got more offensive game to him than Dwight does, I still think. Yeah, better passer, if nothing else. That he is, absolutely. I mean, am I expecting all-star calipers numbers out of him? No. Am I expecting a drastic decrease in opportunities, minutes, statistical production overall compared to where he used to be? Yes. Does it matter? No. It's fine. It's it's a strong safety net for the Sixers, especially if, like, Joel Embiid is going to rest for 20 games mm-hmm. or whatever the plan might be. I think he should because he's Joel Embiid and I want him fresh for the playoffs. In that case, starting Andre Drummond for 20 games a year, I'll take that. Yeah, I think it was the best guy left on the market with their specific mm. needs in mind. Like, we'll see what happens with Kem Birch because I've seen reports that he's going to sign a long-term deal with Toronto. So I'm assuming yeah. it's not going to be for a min deal. Um, you know, like when Gorgie Jeng is going off the market for $4 million a year, when Robin Lopez is going off the market for $5 million a year. Tony I'm, Bradley for the min. Yeah. Yeah, right. Like, who would you rather have? I love Tony Bradley, but mm-hmm. would you rather have Andre Drummond or Tony Bradley? Oh, well, I mean, if they're both on a min, it doesn't matter, does it? Well, I mean, just in terms of pure, like, which, yeah, which one would you rather have on a min deal? Oh, uh, yeah, like, so so Drummond, like, if, if we're not taking team structure into account, Drummond. I mm-hmm. think Drummond is the better player. Um... But like for a team that just needs like a rim runner and rebounder in that sense, who's who's a little bit more agile on his feet, I would go Bradley. If I had a team that was more half court oriented and wasn't really that athletic in the backcourt where things had to move a little bit slower, Drummond. Mm-hmm. Um, but but like sixty percent of the time, I would take Drummond. I think. 
Yeah, and just I think because of the talent level, as you said, Embiid, you just almost have to pencil him in to miss twenty games per year. Yeah, yeah so yeah. like having Drummond able to fill in, like Ben Simmons, Drummond minutes if Ben Simmons is still on the team are going to be a goddamn disaster. And I mean, him and Dwight were like a minus ten point four last year. I don't mm-hmm. expect much better. So a lot of this is going to come down to Doc and his rotations, which are the most terrifying words to come out of anyone's mouth. But I mean, I have no idea what you're talking about, Brian, because, look, first and foremost, Andre Drummond has taken threes before, and he seems oh, very God. keen on leaning into that. And Ben Simmons just made a turnaround mid-range jump shot in a workout video, so I have no idea what you're talking about. It's all going to work out. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I don't think... The Sixers are on the level of Brooklyn and Milwaukee, but I do put them Damn. in that next tier. Like I do think Drummond and Yang, at least Yang's going to be a major upgrade over Mike Scott. Mike Scott couldn't hit a goddamn yes. shot to save his life at the end no, of his No, Yang deal. is a huge upgrade, and you getting Danny Green back is yeah. huge. It's yeah. yeah, like he's necessary. I think if you have any aspirations of going to the title, you need you need Danny Green. You got him back. And if they're if they're not going to move Ben by the start of the season. You just need as many shooters as possible, and like yes, you do. Yeah, Danny's going to be nice for them. Uh, last contender before we hit John Collins quickly, Miami, Victor Oladipo back on a yep. one-year mid deal, Markeith Morris on a one-year mid deal. So he pesky, pesky, up. pesky. Yeah, will Victor Oladipo play? I still don't. No, what is that deal? Is is he signing on to like have it seem to be affiliated with while he rehabs, or is he expected to play later in the season? What is the worth there? I saw. I don't remember. Let me see if I can find it quickly. I don't remember who reported this, but I saw right. something about. I think like he thinks he's gonna play by December, January. They don't think he's oh. gonna play until March. <laughs> okay, there's there's a pretty drastic contrast in there. All right. Um, yeah. I don't think he, like, I'm thinking of this in, you know, best value contracts. I don't think mm-hmm. Victor Oladipo is going to be super high on my list just because I don't expect him to play very much next season. But if he comes in in February or March and you have him get him up to speed <laughs> for a couple of months... Yeah, yeah, yeah. For you sure. know, can he like he's not going to play a substantive role on this team. They don't right. need him to. But if he can right. come off the bench for 15 minutes and be anything resembling Victor Oladipo of old, that's all they need. Oh yeah, yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Defensively the Heat should be the best team in the league. Interesting. I think so. I think so. I think they have the the capabilities to it. Yeah, Lowry. Well, I guess it depends if they start Tucker. But yeah, like Lowry, Butler, Tucker, Bam is pretty, pretty right. Annoying. And then you have, and then you will have Victor Oladipo off the bench when he's healthy. Like maybe the time where you don't have him available, maybe that hurts your 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 ranking a little bit. But either way, I love their defense. It's their offense. I question. Yeah, that is fair. All right, let's wrap up with John Collins then. He is back to Atlanta on a five-year, $125 million deal, the likes of which we saw rumored on Tuesday. I think Sam Amick of The Athletic had it. And as soon as that report came out, I was like, holy hell, his agent needs to, like, kidnap him and force him to sign that contract. 
that that <laughs> it was like the inspector gadget this will self-destruct in 30 seconds like yes make sure you sign that contract before it goes away what do you think of the john collins deal Mort? so i'm gonna i'm gonna do something different i okay. i you and i have talked a lot about john collins yes. you and i are not fans of this contract so i am deciding to play this in a more positive light so instead of detailing why I think this is a bad contract, I am instead going to talk about how I think the Hawks could optimize John Collins to be worth his contract. Here's the thing, and I'm taking into account the playoffs, or I'm sorry, I'm using the playoffs as an example. So John Collins this season, or last season, because we switched over in the calendar, uh, last season in the playoffs, averaged 32 minutes per game and only took 10 shots per game. And a large part of that, according to Heat fans, was that he was a lob threat, like he was a decoy and all these things. Well, you don't pay $25 million for a decoy. If you wanted a decoy, you could trade for Dwight Powell. That's not what you want to do here. So what I'm saying is, at no point from here on out can the Atlanta Hawks go into something and say, well, John you shouldn't feature in the offense to the ex- to more to, to the extent of only 10 shots per game. Mm-hmm. I think with this contract and if they want to keep him if they want to retain him, he they need to go all in on the Gary Payton Sean Kemp ideology. I think they need to give him more shots both in the regular season and in the playoffs. I think they need to feature him more because if you're taking the John Collins that played in the playoffs where he averaged under 14 points per game and only shot 10 times that's not going to cut it. That is that is not the John Collins you want. He is not a defensive player. He's mm-hmm. not a passer or a creator for others. He's not someone who will get to the line a whole lot. He's not a ball handler. So why the hell are you not utilizing his primary strength, which is scoring the ball at great efficiency? Like, And again, I want to preface this, because for some reason, whenever you and I put up a video about the Hawks, Hawks fans go, goes nuts at us. I like John Collins. I know you do too. By all accounts, John Collins is a good guy and he certainly has a great skill set. He is talented AF. I want to lean into that talent, Brian, with this contract. $125 million over five years, that's a lot of cheddar. And I don't want to waste it on a guy who is like third in the hierarchy and is like an opportunistic score. No. If you want to get full bang for the buck, you include him, you give him at a very minimum 17, 18 shots per game. You make sure that he is next in line, that he becomes that secondary guy next to Trey Young, that he's just not a player, one of many, alongside on that very loaded Atlanta roster. No, 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 you have to pick him up and you have to raise him up to be the second guy on that team going forward, for better or worse. You like remember that month Laurie Markinen had, yeah. <laughs> seventeen years million ago. years yeah. ago, <laughs> yeah, where he averaged twenty six and twelve, yeah, and every Bulls fan were going crazy, like, oh my god, it's happening. That is what you're looking for, at John Collins. That's what you want. Maybe not specifically yeah. twenty six and twelve, but that's what you want. You want the twenty plus points. You want the eleven plus rebounds. You want the fifty five percent field goal percentage. You want the thirty five to forty percent percentage from outside the arc. You want him to go be more aggressive, getting to the free throw line. You are all in if you're Atlanta right now. If you if if, if you want to justify that contract, you are going into this and you're going, John, next year starting or well this year now. You are going to be the numero dos guy next to Trey Young. 
He is going to set you up. You're going to slam it home. We're going to give you more touches at the elbow. We're going to give you more scoring opportunities. We are going to embrace you as a player for what you can. And then we're not going to focus on what you can't do. And we are going to pump you up offensively to become one of the biggest scoring studs at the power forward positions in the NBA. That's how I think they should do it. If they want to get bang for the buck, that's how they need to treat John Collins. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see, like, this is definitely one of those situations where I could see them re-signing him just not to lose him for nothing, even though I, you know, I would ask the same question that we do with the Bulls. Who are they bidding against? No one has cap space. Like, OKC is the only team with cap space. So maybe OKC would have thrown a big offer sheet at him. I, you know, I, I don't know. I asked that question. I asked that question on Twitter, and the response I got back was they were basically doing this not to burn bridges with Trey Young. Yeah, and I can see that, especially coming off of an Easter Conference Finals run. You don't want to lose a guy who is described as you know like the heart and soul of your team. I, mm-hmm. I get it. Um, it. Do I think John Collins is guaranteed to be there for all five years of this contract? Absolutely no. not. In no way. Uh, I am curious to see what it means, you know, now that they signed him to this deal. Do they look to move Danilo Gallinari, who has one year fully guaranteed this year at twenty point five million and only five million of his twenty one point five million dollar salary for next year fully guaranteed? Because now you have John Collins and DeAndre Hunter, both of whom are going to split time at the four. There it it seems like there's too much here. Like you can't have all yes. three of those guys like None of them can really play the five, I don't think, or you don't want them to. Nope. And you have Jang, you have Capella, you have Ogunku. So, like, you've got – I know he's hurt, but Ogunku's hurt, so he'll come back by the time the playoffs start. Yep. So, like, there's a consolidation trade to be made here, which is something we've been saying about the Hawks for a while now. And maybe that becomes harder if Bradley Beal is happy and Zach Levine is happy and neither of those guys seem like they're going to leave their respective teams in 22. Maybe – Maybe that trade doesn't exist. I mean, we have, right. we have like, circled in a distance Carl Anthony Towns. If if something goes really south with him in Minnesota, that's the guy you can go on. You can trade Capella. You can trade any of these guys. And you can add Carl Anthony Towns. That makes sense. Um, yeah. But I think it makes sense for them to retain him. Yeah, like, I'm in terms of just pure valuation, not ideal. But, you know, the, right now, they're at the point where they don't need to worry about it. In a year or two, Correct. when, you know, Trey Young, they signed him to a five-year potential Supermax contract. Uh, Kevin Herter is up for an extension this offseason. I would be surprised if they could get him, if they could find terms to agree there. But that yep. is something to keep an eye on. And then next <laughs> summer, when... Uh, Cam Reddish and DeAndre Hunter are both eligible for extensions as well. I wrote about this at Forbes right after their playoff run. Next summer is kind of the swing point for them because Clint Capella is heading into the last year of his deal. Bogdan Bogdanovich is heading in. He has $18 million guaranteed next year uh, in 22-23. And then he has a player option for $18 million that he is almost certain to turn down barring just catastrophic injuries. So right now they're going to be able to Avoid the luxury tax this year. They're bringing back Lou Williams on a one-year $5 million deal. So they're basically running it back with Gorgie Jang, which is a totally fair plan coming off of the successful run that they had. A lot of these teams, as we've discussed over the last hour, 
have gotten better. So the Knicks are better, the Bulls are better, the Wizards are better. You know, can the Hawks keep that same energy through this upcoming season? Are they going to make the Eastern Conference Finals again? Probably not. I don't. I wouldn't pencil them in. Like I still think Brooklyn and Milwaukee are the two favorites to make it to the conference finals. Um, we'll see how this decision ends up. Like what the trickle down effects are, because I do think mm-hmm. Gallinari in particular. Uh, I hope he is renting and did not buy a house in Atlanta. Yeah, because it just feels like there are too many, too many power forwards and on the age curve. Like they brought. Gallo and Bogdan in last summer because they could, because all these guys were on rookie contracts and it makes sense. Like bring in the veteran talent to help usher that step forward. Now they've taken the step forward. Now these guys can continue growing into their respective games. (laughs) What does that mean for Gallinari? Probably that he is heading elsewhere at some point this year. If I'm the Dallas Mavericks, I'm calling up Atlanta and I'm asking what are your plans with DeAndre Hunter? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. I don't know if they have the trade assets for it. it. It might be a completely wasted phone call, but that's what I'm doing. I'm I'm calling them up, going. We saw that you that you gave John twenty five per year. Mm-hmm. We have you have Gallo. You have DeAndre, who is clearly deserving of minutes. Hell, you even have Cam Reddish who can slide up to that position if need be. What are your plans with Hunter? Because if you're not going to use him, we want it. Yeah, I, I thought you were going to say call about Gallo, and I immediately went to their salary sheet to see if they had the matching no. salaries, and it, it gets tough pretty quickly. No, it's it's about time they found... Like I understand and appreciate that Luca can play with you know in-prime players. I do. But I do think it's important that they get someone who's on his timeline. I yeah. really do, moving forward. And DeAndre Hunter, just his flexibility, defensive upside, ball handling. I I would, if I'm Dallas, I think he could develop into like my my second best player next to Luca. Yeah, like that's a guy. That's a guy right there. And if if Atlanta isn't serious about him. Or they're trying to play him exclusively at the three, which I wouldn't recommend doing, not in today's league. Yeah, again, call up if you're Dallas. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I mean... They oh, they, Dallas needs to think bigger. Like, right, Dallas are always right. going against these guys, like, you know, Gallo and whatnot. Like, no, they need to think bigger. Well, I'm just thinking bigger. If there's a Kristaps trade for the two sides... Oh man, I don't, I don't think so. Like that, Kristaps contract, right? It needs to be his value needs to be rehabbed before he gets moving, yeah. um, which I think it can. By the way, right? I, I, I don't think we're totally out yet. I think it's, it's going to be super difficult, but I think it can be done. But man, I am, <clears throat> I'm spending the rest of the office off season if I'm Dallas, just constantly calling Atlanta. What about Hunter? <laughs> yeah. Are you open to Hunter now? What about now? Yeah. Yeah. It, I'm excited to see how Atlanta... Because, I mean, Tony Ressler there, I'm guessing his title is team governor, um, said, we're not going to be able to afford all of these guys. Like, yeah. just completely... <laughs> and he's right. You just cannot... He was refreshingly honest. And for some reason, he got torn down. Why? 
I, Why did he get torn about torn down about that? I don't understand. I don't either. It's like we drafted too well and we got too many good guys who are deserving of massive <laughs> contracts, and it is impossible. Yeah. Like yeah. it's just impossible to build a good team, even around three max contract guys. It's very difficult. Yeah. It is impossible to build a sustainable contender around four guys on huge deals. It just yeah. you can do it for like a, two or three years at most, and then all of your depth withers away, and you have to start over. So, well, if you win a championship for three of those years, yeah, and the Hawks maybe they do, but like with John Collins, Trey Young, Hunter, yeah. Radish, Herder, we still have Bogdanovich, we still have Capella, like. There's just too many. Once these young guys get their next yeah. contract, there's just too much, and you're not going to be able to keep everyone. It's yeah. It, yeah. refreshingly honest is a good way to put it. Like it, you have to maintain expectations or lower expectations, I guess, because there is there's no like your luxury tax bill, especially like I'm not going to cape for owners. I don't, you know, I criticize yeah, the Bucks yeah, yeah. and the Lakers, but like at a certain point. You, especially in a market like Atlanta that doesn't have the following of the Lakers or the Celtics or the Knicks, whatever, like you're not going to pay $400 million in luxury tax. It's just not real. Like 20, 30, 40, even 50 million, fine. Like I will call out an owner for being cheap. If you're paying 300 million and you're not willing to go over to 400, it's like, <clears throat> all right, that's reasonable. That's right. Yeah. Everyone has a price. Like it, it might be too low, but that is a reasonable upper limit of your budget. Agree. All right. Well, that is a good place for us to wrap up. So thank you all, as always, for listening. Uh, I am going to Chicago this weekend to visit my wife's grandparents. So we're hoping that nothing big happens. If so, more you may have to rally the troops on your own. Um, yeah. I, I may have something in my back pocket. Oh, all right. Well, there, there you go. Yeah. The next episode could be a surprise. Uh, but until then, please follow us on Twitter at the NBA Pod. You can find our Twitter handles in our bio, so give us a follow as well. You can also find us on iTunes and wherever else podcasts are found. On iTunes, please subscribe, download, leave some five-star reviews. We're being hosted on Spreaker, so check them out on Twitter at Spreaker. Until next time, I'm Brian Toporek, and I was joined, as always, by Morton Jensen. Have a good one, Mo. Thank you, man. One final note. I just have to pimp the company that I work for just a little bit. Is that okay? Please, please do. All right. So I work for a company called VO Technologies. We create sports cameras, and we just launched VO Cam 2, which allows for live streaming. So if you're a player or if you're a coach and you want a camera that automatically records games, you know, there's no need for a camera operator. It has an AI that actually tracks the ball, and it can live stream then hit up vo.co and get yours because you, this product is, it's hot. There we go. All right, later, man. Later. <laughs>